Welcome to the Messy Wonderful Podcast, where we're spilling all the deets on how we travel with little kids and a bigger family, plus tons of insight into our family's adjustment to our oldest son's diagnosis with autism at age three. Hey y'all, I'm Kimberly, wife, mom to three kids ages five and under, full-time CPA, and now blogger. So grab your coffee, glass of wine, it's a Diet Dr. Pepper for me, and let's do those dishes, the laundry, chauffeur those kids around, or whatever you have on your task list today. We'll do it together because life may be messy, but it's oh so wonderful. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Messy Wonderful Podcast. Today, we are talking all about my search for answers and help when I first started noticing that Hunter was displaying some things that I thought were unusual and how I sort of went along in our journey towards his diagnosis towards finding those answers and getting that help. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you're new here, first off, welcome. Thank you so much. We're so happy that you're here. I want you to make sure that you go back and listen to episodes four and five, where I talk about when I first suspected we might need professional help for Hunter, because that's really going to lay some of the groundwork that I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. But I'm trying to sort of take y'all through chronologically on our journey from the very beginning to the diagnosis. So today I want to talk a little bit about the search, the answers I was looking for, the help I found, and give you a little bit of background there. So in episode four, I talk about how Hunter's lack of speaking was a concern. Now, this was at 18 months, so I probably was worrying a little needlessly. Maybe not because of where we are today, but 18 months is also totally normal not to have a large speaking vocabulary. We put him in speech therapy. And again, like I said in episode four, our pediatricians did not force us, require us. I I didn't feel obligated at all. I just felt like it was something that we should be doing because I really believe in early intervention, autism or no autism. So that was something that we did. And it seemed like they kept coming back with minimal concerns. I'm I'm still glad that we did it. Looking back, it probably was a little too soon and I probably didn't need to be stressing myself out about that at the time. But that was one of the things, I, I guess it was something that I felt like I could control at the time by putting him in speech therapy. It was something that I could that I knew that I could do that would in no way, shape, or form hurt his progress. What was really exhausting, and I think that that's a very good word for it, was going to two professionals before the professional who actually gave us the diagnosis and being told not to worry, they didn't notice anything, they didn't see anything that was a major red flag or sign. And this was all throughout the time that Hunter was two. And I understand the professional apprehension to make a diagnosis too soon or at too young of an age. Because honestly, 
many parents that I've met or many professionals that I've just happened to talk to teachers, you know, all the way from, from a teacher to parents to medical professionals, most parents do not want to accept their child's diagnosis. And that is a main force that is driving the apprehension of these professionals to make the diagnosis. But without making the diagnosis at a young age, I firmly believe in my heart that we're doing a disservice to these kiddos who could really benefit from early intervention. And it's just one of those things that I feel like I shouldn't have had to work so hard for someone to hear me. Everyone kept telling me not to worry from people who just knew Hunter, friends who who didn't mean anything by it, teachers that worked with him in the twos. Everyone kept telling me, don't worry, he's gonna be fine. He just, he's only two, he needs to grow. And this is why I ultimately say no matter what you need to follow your your mom gut, your parent gut, your dad gut, whatever it is, because you ultimately know your child. But I have to say, I'm a pretty persistent person. I'm a pretty confident person. It's just my personality. It probably, actually, it doesn't probably, I know it annoys Chance sometimes and probably my friends and my parents and I, God love everyone who puts up with me and my persistent, confident personality. But this is one of the instances where my persistent, confident personality really paid off. I didn't give up. I kept pushing the professionals that were evaluating Hunter. I took it to the next person for a second and a third opinion. It took us three professionals to actually have someone who I felt like really heard what I was saying and was willing to go a little bit deeper to say, maybe there is something here and maybe there's something we can do. So if this is you, if you feel like everyone keeps telling you not to worry, you feel like you're searching for those answers, keep going. Because I know, and we're going to talk about this over the course of the podcast, and as I sort of let the journey evolve for y'all, Hunter is doing amazing. So this was... Two years ago that that we, you know, were really close to getting the diagnosis, but almost three years ago that we started this journey. So it just shows you how long it's taken for us to make progress in certain areas. But he is doing amazing. And I wholeheartedly believe it's because of the early intervention, because we really didn't know all of the things that we know now, and that's coming in a future episode, how we've educated ourselves more on autism. But we've learned so much and we've intervened in positive ways to make a difference for Hunter. And he's only five. He's not even five and a half yet. We have so much more to go, but we have some great foundations in place now. So my persistence it paid off for Hunter. And if you feel this for your child, I want you to be persistent. And anytime that you feel like someone's not listening to you, 
feel free to DM me on Instagram at messy underscore wonderful. I am here to listen to you vent. I will chat with you. I will try to give you as many tips as I can, share share something about my experience that maybe could help. I don't know, but keep searching for your answers. Don't get discouraged when you don't get the answer that you want. And there is there is a fine line between being persistent and not accepting the answer. I can tell you that the third professional that we worked with who did the evaluation and and essentially gave us the diagnosis, I can tell you if she had come back and said, "I don't think there's anything here," I would have I would have believed her. I would have trusted her. I could just tell from the very first consult that we had with her that this this was our person. And I get I guess sometimes it just takes a couple of trials and error to find your person who's going to fit well with you, your family, your child. So I would have wholeheartedly believed her, but I also would have asked her, well, what's our plan for sort of following up with this? What are the signs that we are still looking for? What should we be hypervigilant about? What is the timeline for when we should come back to you if we're not seeing any changes. It's kind of like when you take your child to the pediatrician because they've got a runny nose and a cough and the pediatrician says, well, we've run a couple of tests. It's not bacterial, no ear infection. It's not strep. So it's probably just viral. So let's give it a couple of days. You know, seven to 10 days is typically what they tell us. Let's let it run its course. And then maybe we'll talk about, you know, some next steps if they're still sick. This is the same thing, right? If we're still seeing signs and symptoms down the road, what are our next steps? And that's what I would have asked this professional. And I asked the previous two professionals the same questions when they came back is no. But as time kept ticking on and things really weren't improving, they were actually getting worse. That was what made me continue to seek out answers to my questions, but with different people because I knew we weren't really getting anywhere with who we were working with at the time. So my biggest advice to you is don't give up when you're searching for the answers, but know that when you do find what you feel is a qualified professional who is really listening to you, who's giving you maybe not the answer that you were looking for exactly, but they give you a valid answer. You can just tell that they're giving you the time of day and they have a plan, a plan B, if you will. You can accept that. And I would have accepted that. But also, I just, I know I've said this before, don't just listen to everyone telling you not to worry. Trust your gut because I know deep down, me trusting my gut and pushing forward persistently is honestly what has made such a big impact in Hunter's life. And it's made a big impact because he is learning things that is help that are helping him grow and learn. But Chance and I have also done a lot of work to learn and grow so that we can help him along the way and we can better parent him in a way that he needs to be parented. And y'all, if you have multiple kids, you already know that you most likely have to parent 
your different children in different ways. I mean, forget forget the autism. Hunter, Gage, and Beckett are all different children and it has nothing to do with the autism that we have to parent Gage very, very differently from how we parent Hunter. But it's given us more understanding and we've been able to be more intentional about the steps that we take for Hunter to really help him. And that's been a big part of our journey. When I got the answer, I just felt, I just, I would say that I felt so much relief around that. And that's what I want for you. Don't give up the search. Don't give up getting the answers that you know are right for your family, for your child, for you, whoever you're doing this for. And that's not just necessarily related to autism because if you had, if your child had a red rash all over them or, you know, their lips were turning blue, we've had that with Gage, right? He kept having blue lips when he was little. So I didn't give up on the blue lips. His pediatrician didn't give up on the blue lips until we had a really good answer and a solution. And we knew what the underlying cause was. Mental disabilities are the same thing. You may not be able to see it on the surface, but the problem is still there. So don't stop searching for the answers to the problems just because you can't see them or just because people are telling you not to worry about it. So I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. It was pretty short and sweet, but I hope it gives you a little bit of background into the journey and the process and some of the feelings that we were having along the way. And I'm super excited to come back and continue sharing more about our journey with you. Y'all have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending part of your day with us. If you love today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend. Any resources mentioned today will be linked in the description and you can always find even more details in the show notes. And remember, you can find us over on Instagram at messy underscore wonderful. We hope you'll subscribe to the show so you get notified when a new episode comes out. We'd also be so grateful if you take just a second to leave us a review. We appreciate your reviews and sharing about the show more than you know. See y'all next week.